Welcome to First 100K, the number one entrepreneur voice in America. Why? Because I'm talking about the things that nobody else is talking about, like how to make your first 100K. Because 90% of us are struggling to make our first 100K or our next. And we get stopped, we get blocked, we think we're alone, we feel isolated, and the truth is we're not alone. We're all the same in our struggles. So this show is about making that first 100K or that next 100K so that you could create the life that you want. Plus, I tackle some common challenges that we all struggle with, but maybe you don't want to admit. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I am also a 10-time failed entrepreneur. And I am the owner of two co-working spaces here in Tampa, Florida. This show is created for you, the entrepreneur or homepreneur who is struggling to break through wherever you are in your business. I believe you're just 100K away. If this is your first time joining us, thank you for being here. And if you are one of the thousands of listeners who listen to the show every single week in over 30 countries across planet Earth, Thank you for being here. The show does not happen without you. So I just want to acknowledge you for that. Today, our featured guest is Michelle Royal. <laughs> I love it. She's got the hands in the air, waving like she don't care. Michelle Royal is the founder and chief innovation officer at Ridge. Ridge is R-I-D-G, which stands for Royal Innovation Design Group. She is a self-made speaker, consultant, and entrepreneur who is raised in the growing Subway franchise. And this was something I didn't know about you. So we're going to talk about that a little today. Michelle is an innovation expert with over 20 years experience in this space, people. She specializes in using visualization and facilitation to create breakthroughs in state of mind and behavior. I have seen her work firsthand. She is like a wizard when it comes to this stuff. Michelle is also an artist that brings visual stories together to unlock the latent collective power of organizations and individuals. And what I love about this is that it, she pretty much is saying we're all in this together. The lone wolf syndrome does not work in, in entrepreneurship if you want to be successful. We all need a team. We all need people to balance out our weaknesses so that we can play to our strengths. So Michelle, with that, welcome to the show. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Uh, sure. So, um, well, first, I worked very hard on, on making sure that there was a broad brushstroke given on the skills. Um, it, I, although I have a lot of education, that was one of the gifts of uh, growing up in the family and the opportunities that I got. Um, the self-made part is that I, I never went to um, an MBA, so I don't have a, I don't have a business degree. I was raised by two people who were um, high school graduates, and we're talking, whenever people talk about grit and grind, uh, my family had it. And so I was raised in an environment that honored some of the more natural or some of the more common uh, status symbols of success, but, um, but they were not, you know, they were self-made. And so they really instilled in me that self-made spirit. And everything I've ever gone out to do in business, I was told wasn't going to be possible. So, mm, love uh, so, it. Yeah. So that's that's a little bit of the gaps, and I'll let you go from there. 
Now, I love it because right out the gate, like you're challenging a lot of the, um, the expectations of being successful in business. Like you have to have a fancy degree or some kind of academic, um, you know, just branding a stamp on you that says you're on your way to success. And that's not the case. Like so many, Michelle, of my friends, very similar to your parents. They lacked the education. They just went out there with grit and grind and they hustled and they didn't quit. And eventually through iteration, 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 they bounced in to success. So that's really cool. Go ahead and share something very personal about you that very few people in your business life know. Well, uh, something very personal can I I'm going to make it about a business because it's really been on my mind but it is very personal and that was uh, last year I went on a writing trip and whenever I came back from the writing trip nothing felt the same and it was a very bizarre elusive feeling I couldn't pinpoint it and I had had a, a similar challenge to a lot of entrepreneurs in that um, there had been difficulty in getting clarity around a, a P&L for me, a profit and loss statement. I'm, I'm not an a, accountant or a financial person, and I used that as an excuse for a long time. And in August, I got a really clear picture of the business. I had to make a lot of decisions. And so a year ago, um, the, the motto that came into my life was my ship was sinking at sea. I had to fix my sh sinking ship at sea. And I went mm. from being full throttle um, for a long time, uh, for, for a good three years, to complete wake zone. And in that, there was a tidal wave that came over and uh, really beat me down. And I went into incubation mode for a good six to eight months. And I'm, I'm just now emerging from that. And something else is probably going to evolve out of that from, from the business. But the the personal thing that came out of that was I did not realize that focusing in on myself and on my own personal journey would help me find so much fulfillment in the professional realm. Um, I nested, I invested in myself, I invested in my family and because that was the only thing I could do. And because um, there just wasn't any energy or room or direction for anything else. And, um, and wow, it just really was, uh, it's been such an eye-opening experience, very unexpected lessons came out of that for this year. That's powerful. Startup Nation, Michelle is launching us with a wisdom bomb already that you are an extension, your business is an extension of you. They are not separate. They go together. So if there's a breakdown somewhere in you, in your personal life, there's going to be breakdowns in your business. You cannot separate the two. So every now and then, like Michelle did, we have to step back and say, how is my health, my physical health, my emotional health, my spiritual health, right? Mm -hmm. And what am I bringing into my business? Am I bringing in power or am I bringing in poison? Right? And that's something really to sit with and look at. So Michelle, let's get down to business. My audience loves context. How much revenue did you your business do? Gross revenue approximately in the last 12 months. Uh, in the last 12 months, the gross revenue is over 200 and it's over 200,000. Cool. Congratulations. Over 250,000. Yeah. 
Very awesome. That 50 makes a difference, you know? It does. <laughs> it's, uh, the last six months has been over 100,000. Very awesome. And what are you on track to uh, do for the next 12 months? So this year, I uh, the business is uh, obvious. It's the size that it is right now. This year is tracking between 200 and 250. Okay. Uh, so you're on track for almost a repeat year with maybe some progress. Is that about right? Yeah. Last year closed, if you looked at January to the, the end of the year, last year closed at around 350. But the last, due to the story that I just shared with you, mm. uh, the changes that were made, uh, technically the business is more profitable than it's ever been now. And that's what it's all about. It's like, how much are you taking home? What is the net startup nation that you're leaving your business with and applying to your life, right? So I know I speak, I asked the gross revenue question, but at the end of the day, what is your net profit, right? Because if you're doing a million, but you're only taking back a net profit of say 10%, you know, it's better to be doing 500,000 and taking back a net profit of 50%. Right. So, so what works for you in your business? Cool. So Michelle, how long did it take you to make your first 100 K in this business? In this business, uh, I, I actually made hundred K the first year. Um, but that was, so when I started Ridge in 2013, uh, actually, well, let me see. The first year was just sub 100 K. The next year was 150 uh, so the year I started the business, a lot of really intense personal things happened. So I started Ridge in 2013, January of 2013, and I lost my stepmother, uh, my dad, and my spiritual mentor of 10 years within mm. three months of that start. I also was asked to be a teaching fellow at an international university. So I was traveling back and forth to Europe and an autoimmune disorder got kicked up. So this was all within the first four months of me starting this business. Wow. And um, the only thing that kept me going was the idea that I was building this dream of a thing that I'd always wanted to build. <laughs> and so it wasn't the healthiest thing. It wasn't the, un it was just what was happening. And so the first year was a little bit of a struggle because there was so much emotional grief. There was so much physical grief. There was just a lot going on. Um, in the business mm. that first year. That's powerful, right? And this is, this is I love that you're going here and you're just being transparent with us because you keep sharing it. It's like, here's what was going on in my personal life and you better believe it did impact my business, right? And, and again, they're so connected. I like that you stepped back um, in your business, right? You said you did 350,000 last year, but mm -hmm. then you throttled back you started to look at Michelle, how is she doing? You invested in her, which, yeah, it's brought you down $100,000, you know, in the past 12 months, but you're building this solid foundation that's going to last for the next 5, 10, 20 years. And to me, that's like such a smart, smart play. So talking about smart plays, Michelle, yeah. why, do you, why do you think that 90% of entrepreneurs are struggling to make their first 100K? So uh, 
this goes a little bit into the expertise that I have and also the experience that I have. Um, now I was in love with, um, I was in love with an idea and what I thought the idea was going to give me. And I believe a lot of entrepreneurs get in love with an idea and the idea could be, um, could be a, some, a solution that they think that they're going to bring to the market. It can also be a fantasy of a legend that they're following um, where they're getting these snippets from media or from a story. And, uh, and so our brains are so powerful. We're like cognitive deleting machines. We don't want to see the full picture or hear the full uh, struggle. And so um, when we become in love with the idea, then we don't really pay attention to everything that's really going on. Is what why, why do you think we, our brains block that out? Why wouldn't we want the, the whole picture so we could see what we're up against and if we actually want to move in that direction? Right. I, I'm, um, I, human nature uh, out of survival has instincts which we follow and those instincts can turn into um, defects or weaknesses very easily. It's just a, a natural part of the human system or the human process. And um, so I don't think that, that the, the, I don't believe it's intentional that we ignore things that could be helpful to us. So we have to be intentional. We have to be aware that that's happening, that there's just a cognitive blindness that happens all the time. And, um, and that blindness can be good. For example, uh, if you are wanting to uh, reach a certain goal, like, um, like make 10 sales this week, uh, you're going to become blind to all the no's, right? You're just going to let those, you're just going to use every no as just one more step to a yes. So that's where that kind of blindness or that kind of blind optimism can be really helpful. Uh, the opposite of that is whenever you know that um, having clear financial insight, for example, uh, can help you make better decisions about the business. But in your mind, you think, well, I'll just make more sales. I don't need to look at the financial numbers. That's a different, that can be destructive. Does that make sense? It makes total sense, right? And I, I'm envisioning as you're speaking right now, two of my businesses uh, my existing business where I literally waited way too long to see what was actually happening, what wasn't working. I had all these blind spots and I just wouldn't look at them and be like, no, everything's fine. Everything's fine. It's working. Everything's fine. Right. And meanwhile, like things are not working and people are telling me like, this isn't going to last if you don't pay attention to these things. Mm -hmm. So I did and, and things are working. Then my first business, I was 19 and it was a high rejection sales business like you, you've shared. And man, people would come to me and be like, there's no way you're going to be successful. It's not going to work. And I said, shut up and get out of my way. It is going to work. I am going to be successful. And in 12 months, we did $2 million because I blocked out all that negativity. Mm -hmm. So I really like what you're saying there. And I see the pros and cons of that. So Startup Nation, look at what parts of your business that you want to turn on your blind spots to, right? And, and just push through. And then what are the other areas of the business that wise people, you've sought wise counsel and they're saying, listen, you need to turn the dials on these areas of your business. Otherwise, it's not working. So uh, go ahead. 
example real quick. Um, so in 2016, I had hired some counsel to look at the numbers of the business as best as we could translate them at the time. And, um, and their first advice was, you have too many people on staff. You need to cut anyone who's not billable. And I was unwilling to do that. And lo and behold, in August of 2017, when the ship was sinking at sea, that was exactly what had to happen. I had eight people on payroll, including mm. myself. Why do you think you were blinding yourself to that reality? Because I was in love with an idea of what it was we were going to do together. And I, at the same time, didn't know how to set, because I wasn't being accountable to the systems and the lifeblood that runs a business, which is really the finances are what it is. The blood of like blood is to the body. Finances are to a business um, because I wasn't willing to listen to that medical diagnosis. <laughs> and I just ignored it completely. Uh, I was in love with this idea of what it was that we could do together. Um, it, 12 month, it, took, uh, it took 12 months, but 12 months later, um, the decision had to be made and it had to be made very quickly. It was like open heart surgery. That's Got it. So startup nation, what I'm hearing Michelle say, and her wisdom is fantastic is like, what a great metaphor, right? The human body. It's like, it's like you're hiking, you're climbing a mountain, you gash your leg against a rock, you're bleeding everywhere. Your friend says, dude, you need to stop and bandage the bleeding. You're bleeding out. And you're like, no, I got to get to the top of the mountain. Oh, it's going to be so amazing when we get there. And you literally shut down your, like, your pain sensors and just keep running towards the mountain. Meanwhile, you're spilling out your life force. And eventually, you're going to have an emergency situation not too far ahead, which is exactly what Michelle just described, where they have to do like an open heart surgery or amputate your leg. So. Right. This is, this is powerful. Okay. So we speak a lot about superpowers on this show, Michelle, and I don't mean like the, the capes, you know, and all that stuff. The Incredibles movie was awesome, by the way, superpowers, by the way, um, <laughs> Incredibles too. But um, I'm talking about superpowers. What is that one thing, Michelle Royal, that you are naturally gifted at? No one else should be touching in your business, only you and everything else you want to outsource. What's that one thing? Uh, there's a word that I made up to describe the thing that I do, which is called synthogenius, which is the ability to be present with and absorb intense amounts of complex information and dynamics, and then clearly relay that in a way that everyone can not only see, but they can understand and then take action on. So what I just heard you say is that you articulate simply the complexities presented to you. Yes. Got it. And that's a superpower. That's a superpower. And in that, um, so it is very much in that I am the skilled producer in addition to being the business owner, which is why the chief innovation officer, what we were talking about. Mm -hmm. um, innovation very much like uh, say high intensity interval training or muscle confusion uh, requires you to be very comfortable with uncertainty and create a sense of certainty within that again and again and again. 
but then to range across the emotional uh, experience so that it's not just dealing with that survival state of certainty, uncertainty, but also getting to that uh, growth and contribution or that sense of belonging mm. or that sense of connection. So Startup Nation, Michelle is sharing her superpower is to be able to sit with the complexities that come at us, right? Whether it be through challenges, through obstacles, through questioning things. And so many times we just react. We want to react. Our fight or flight kicks in and we don't just sit with it and say, okay, what am I hearing? I don't need to get emotional. I don't need to react. Let me listen and push through it. And that's normally where innovation happens, isn't it, Michelle? On the other side of the pain, of the struggle, when you lean in rather than run away. Would you say? Yeah, so I would say uh, what I've learned over the years about this concept of innovation, that it's sinking into the, the pain itself. So I believe mm. that we're servant leaders to the idea that comes to us. Whereas before I talked about people fall in love with an idea and they think this idea is gonna bring them millions. The truth is, is that we are there to bring this idea to life and to help it serve as many people as possible. And the beauty comes that whenever we are faced with an obstacle, that through that obstacle is where the real opportunity lies. So we need to um, sink into that, that pain or that discomfort um, learn that core lesson because our unique perspective, Joseph, you've had a completely different life than me and I've had a completely different life than you. And we could look at the same bag of potatoes and we're going to come up with a two very different solu you know, solutions for what we're going to have for dinner. You're, um, you're going to see mashed potatoes and I'm going to see French fries. <laughs> That's a possibility. So, <laughs> so, uh, so the same is true with ideas in life. And that's why no one can quote unquote, steal your idea because the essence of what it is that you are there to do with that idea is something that is unique and called for only to you. And sometimes that's scary. It makes us face our own weaknesses. It makes us face our own frailties. And if we're willing to learn um, then we can have a, a lifelong love affair with this idea in which it takes us to places that we didn't imagine. I love what you're talking about because I'm writing a best-selling book right now and it's all about finding your higher purpose. And that's really what you, I just heard you say, right? It's like, what's my calling within this business that I'm taking this big idea, I'm taking it out to the world and it's my job to make sure that it grows up healthy. Yes. Right. And, and, and not just fall in love with it's like when, you know, parents have a newborn baby. Right. And, and they're like, look at the cute baby. Right. And they're showing off the baby. But then imagine if those same parents didn't take the baby home and feed it. Right. Because they're constantly out showcasing the baby, but they're not realizing the baby needs sleep. The baby needs food. The baby needs to poop, etc. Right. It's like you got to take care of the business, the raising and growing of your business, not just look at my fancy idea, my fancy idea. So let's talk about that. I, I really want you uh, to take us back not too long ago. I think you said it was about six months, but I really want to hear about how you got present. Two, you were in love with the idea and you were neglecting growing it and, and what it needed and you had to step back. And then within that whole thing, you also had you, 
right? You had what was going on in your personal life and, and then wanting to uh, invest in yourself, et cetera, to get you to where you are today. So really take us back to that struggle, Michelle. Paint us a vivid picture and tell us that story. Uh, so the, I mean, the weekend that I realized that I was going to need to make some changes, the very first thing that I did was I called two people in my mentor network or in my peer mentor network. Uh, and then and talked with them and got some coaching about how I was going to approach the team. And so when I approached the team on that Monday, and I know this is, it won't be as detailed, the whole story, but this is important. So that Monday, whenever I went in and I painted a very clear picture of what the business state was, then I was able to do an assessment on what their responsibilities and reactions were, and I could make decisions that day. So I I gave myself as much information gathering as I could. And that day, that Monday, after I had the session with the team, that I made two more phone calls to my personal, personal network. So the people who are my closest to me, who love me no matter what, um, I called them and said, this is what I know needs to happen. I'm, I'm terrified of what I know I need to do and of what it was going to mean about me and that I was the failure and what the business community was going to think. And I was just, I was um, scared, but I needed to move through the fear. So I called, phoned friend, you know, called a lifeline, asked for help and got through that day. And then when I got through that day, what was fascinating over the course of the next month, I had three more team, uh, three more team members who had already been looking at other opportunities just on their own, just naturally. It was a natural cycling course of their life. Uh, they all let me know that they were moving on and made it very easy for me to, to continue to, to, to kind of, uh, you know, consolidate, consolidate. Yeah. And I thought all of this is for a purpose. By that point in my mind, I was like, all of this is for a purpose. And what I started to do, um, I just finished leadership St. Pete is I started calling every single person that I knew in the business community that I could call and, and started scheduling appointments and explaining to them, this is what I, this is where my business is. This is what's happened. This is what I'm doing. Uh, what is your recommendation? And here's what was interesting. So that took two to three months for, you know, uh, for the whole entire team to get down to just myself and, uh, and a uh, office manager who was helping me with the financial end of things. During that two months, which was in the hurricane hit, I don't know if you know, remember that, but it was the hurricane. So the stuff happened with my business and then the hurricane hit and all my client business dried up because I serve B2B, large B2Bs. And they all, it's just, no one was buying anything, which was fascinating uh, for me at the time. Um, so in all of my, I had 60 some odd conversations with people over the two, two to three month period of time between September and November. Uh, one-on-ones where I just laid it all out and I didn't hide anything and I didn't try to sugarcoat and I thought they were all going to tell me how to sell more. I thought they were all going to tell me how to build the business uh, in spite of what was going on. Not one person did that. Not a single person um, gave me that kind of advice and it, it just gets me emotional just thinking about it. They all said, Michelle, this is a perfect time for you to just take some time for yourself mm. and, and unanimously that was the advice that I got 
and mm. to allow myself to have a resting period. Now, um, how do you reset in that moment while still paying the bills? <laughs> so when you are not supporting eight people and you have someone who, uh, I did have someone on the team who was constantly looking at where we could cut expenses. I had large overhead. I had rent um, that I was paying. That was a huge, it was somewhere around anywhere from 10, seven to 10% of the total revenue uh, was the rent. Uh, so we got rid of all of the big chunk expenses, which allowed me some coasting time. Mm. And then, uh, and so that, that was part of it was I went down to the very basic services of what my business offers, which is the visualization, the live visualization uh, service that we offer. And I had not been doing that service because I was, had a team of people that was doing that. But I did that service in the meantime, because that's what you do. You go back to the clients that you've served and you go back to the, to the, you know, the basic, the basic nutrition that was fueling the business to begin with. And then I offered a special. So in November of last year, we offered a special to all of our current clients or past current and past clients that if they prepaid, then they could get um, a 10% discount on the services. And that was the trick that got me through the end of the year into the next year. Mm. Uh, was a prepayment of services so that we could just keep the business going forward. And we had uh, a number of past clients take advantage of that because it was better for their bottom line. And, um, and that's what helped. Really powerful. I, you know, I'm, I'm hearing the pain in your voice mm -hmm. as you relive that experience. That was not easy. And, it and it was what? It was very difficult, yeah. Yeah, very difficult. A startup nation, there is nothing easy about starting and growing a business successfully. Just like there is nothing easy about having a child and raising them for 18 freaking years. There's nothing easy about that, right? Business is the same. So this is, I like this. This is good stuff. All right, so what was the number one fear, Michelle, that really messed with your head back then? Um, you know, there's a singular fear that I consistently am aware of. Um, oh my God, they're going to find out. Mm, the imposter syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what did that do like to your, your confidence, your, your mental health, all of that stuff, right? Because that really like that hits when we think we're like a fraud, like. Right. So I'll tell you that that thought did more damage to me getting to the place where I got to last August. Mm. Like it was more damaging to me because that fear was what made me ignore, deny, refuse to see, refuse to follow the direction. I didn't want anyone to find out. And then when it was like, ah, heck, I, what the hell do I have to lose? My ship is sinking. <laughs> like There's nothing to, I have to fix my sinking ship at sea. Uh, then it became, I've, when you have nothing to lose, then, then it, you still have that. It just, it's, um, 
what are they going to think and how, how am I going to get through this? And then you just have a new level of willingness. So it, it's funny because it still is there. And I've thought a lot about the, the past year and what occurred and I'm just a learning individual like you. I mean, I think you and I resonate uh, in that capacity um, that we're both just extreme learning individuals, very curious, um, very hardworking, always willing to take that step ahead. And, um, and that was the only thing that I think got me through the whole process was just um, that undeniable honesty is the only thing that helped get over that thought. Mm. I really appreciate you sharing this because, well, one, I'm going to say you're my hero, Michelle. You are my hero. Here's why. Startup Nation, here's why Michelle's my hero. She went out, right? First, she hit rock bottom. Until you hit rock bottom, you can't truly see your destination in my belief, right? And, and you don't really have what it takes. You have like a mirage of what you think your destination is. Then you hit rock bottom and you see with clarity what it is you truly want and what it is it's going to take to get there. Now you're like in a position to be successful, but not until, right? And Michelle is my hero because she reached out to her local business community, her friends, her colleagues, and did 230, I believe she said, sit downs, one-on-ones and says, and you said, here I am, I'm broken, I don't know what to do, what advice will you give me? Here's where I want to go, but I'm not sure. I'm, I no longer trust my own judgment, so to speak, right? It, look what it's gotten me. It got me to this. I'm bottomed out and my ship is sinking. So Startup Nation, like be vulnerable. There is power in vulnerability because vulnerability equals reality, right? When you're transparent about your reality and you're not faking it all the time, right? You don't have to worry about that imposter syndrome that Michelle brings up anymore because you're being so real, so raw. You're like, I am human. Look, my leg is bleeding out. I had to stop and bandage it up. I'm not superhuman. And, and Michelle, you got real. And I believe that's why you are now on track for the first time in your business, if I may be so bold, for that idea of, to take it all the way where you need to go. What would you say was the best advice you received from those 230 people? The, um, the advice that, that comes to me came from a, a couple called the Lovings, beautiful people. And um, they've owned a business together for 20 years. And I don't know if it was advice or, or an observation, but what they told me helped me see everything differently. And what they said is now is the perfect time for this to be happening for you. Mm. And they repeated it several times to me. Now is the perfect time to be for this to be happening for you. Now is the perfect time for this to be happening for you. Like I just hear it and I hear it in almost every area of my life now. So when 
almost in any area of my life, whenever something comes up that feels uncomfortable or difficult or why can't I, right, those kinds of thoughts come up, that phrase comes into my head. And what does that mean to you? What do, what do you translate that into? It translates, um, first of all, a, a core belief that, and, and I don't, well, it, uh, just a core belief that, um, that the universe is for me. So that core belief that any obstacle, any challenge, any difficulty, any gift, any, because uh, sometimes I have a hard time receiving the good things too, right? Um, is for, for me. If I, if I choose to see it that way, it can become something that strengthens. It can become something that is advancing forward this great divine destiny that is mine or yours or someone else's. Um, so that's, that's the, the end of it is really important. Um, the perfect time, because I had just come off, literally closed one of the biggest, largest, most incredible sought after dream projects on that August 27th. And it was August 28th, whenever I got the news <laughs> about my business, right? Literally perfect time, Michelle, you know, to, to look at this and to see this. Um, so that, that, those are the two things. That's what, that's what it means for me. So any obstacle comes at the right time, at the right place. And it's something that um, can help advance me forward. Startup Nation, I love what Michelle is sharing right now. I have gone through this myself countless times. I was in denial every single time and I wouldn't look at it. And now I get it. I just get it. When I have to push too hard in one direction, it's not the right time for that. And I know there's all the gurus out there, entrepreneurial gurus that say push through, hustle, kick down the door, knock it down. And I used to do that in my life, okay? And I'm not saying that doesn't get me some success. It has, but it has never once gotten me all the way. Never once. And what now is working is when I push a little in a direction, it's like I knock on the door rather than kick it in. I knock on the door. If the door opens just effortlessly, I move through the door. If the door remains locked, I try it a few times. I knock, I knock, I knock. It doesn't open. I move in a different direction. And life becomes effortless. And I believe, like Michelle, and we have different language for it, right? She calls it the universe. I call it God, right? Whatever your language is, know that, and I'll use my language, God has a purpose for your life. God has a plan for your life, and he wants what is good for you. And that's the realization that Michelle has is that, man, there's a plan for me, and it's a good plan. It's not for my harm. It's not for my detriment. It's for my good, and that's a powerful place to be. So, Michelle, let's wrap this up in a nice bow. What is the one thing that you want the world to know about being successful in business? The one thing I want the world to know about being successful in business is that it is a powerful medium to help 
so many people. And if one is driven by a passionate desire to be of useful service in the world, it can be one of the most exhilarating and exciting and beautifully challenging journeys that one can take while also being able to help others. It is, um, that to me is what being successful in business is about. I love it. So somehow with all that description, I just created a, a visual picture. And this is why Michelle is genius. She literally in my brain just painted a picture, which is what she does, a, a creative story. And what I saw is driving to a destination with my business, right, of helping and serving the world. While doing so, I cho cho chose the vehicle, which is my business, which is this shiny, fancy Aston Martin convertible. That is just an amazing driving experience. And that's the journey. That's the rush. That's the thriving as I'm out serving the world and I'm stopping and I'm serving people and I'm helping people. And the business is that vehicle and business can be the same vehicle for you. So Michelle, this is where we go into my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the hustle round. Yeah. This, whoa. This is where I'm going to ask you 12 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. First okay. thing that comes to you, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, Michelle, what's your favorite sound? Sound. Was that it? <laughs> Laughter. Got it. There you go. What's your least favorite sound? Oh, screeching on a chalkboard. I hate that. Got it. When you were a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be a artist. And look at you go. Michelle, what are you most afraid of? Dying of, in fear. Dying in fear. Got that. What did you spend way too much time doing your first year in business? Oh, thinking about massaging the product. Just, yeah. Ah, I love my idea. You're such a good idea. You're going to grow up to be such a good idea. Okay, Michelle, what secret fear do you have about people? Uh, that they're not trustworthy. Mm, got it. What do you wish you had learned sooner in your business? I wish I learned the profit first methodology early, early, early on. Did you hear that startup nation? Profit first. What is a new habit that you want to form? Taking time. Taking time. I think you learned that lesson. So here's to you, here's to you taking time and not revisiting that lesson, huh? <laughs> what is a bad habit you want to break? Uh, overthinking. Yeah, I got that. Michelle, pick three words to describe who you are now. Glorious. Prismatic and thoughtful. Got it. I have never heard glorious on the show before. Well done. <laughs> Pick three words to describe who you were your first year in business. Uh, tenacious, uh, afraid, 
and um, the only thing that's coming to mind is in pain. It was just in pain. I was in a lot of pain. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Michelle, imagine sometime in the distant future, and there you are standing in front of your tombstone. Read to us what it says on it. Michelle Royal. She was a, as brilliant as a billion shining stars. I love it. Royalty. See what I did there? Cool. And last question, Michelle, if you could come back to life and tell your family and friends only one piece of advice, so you could come back to life after you died, tell them only one piece of advice, what would you say to them? I would say, live it like you love it. Live it like you love it. Break that down for me. What does that mean to you? Um, so in 30 seconds, in 30 seconds, the core of it is gratitude. So whatever life it is that you have right now, live it like you love it. And, um, and it will give to you more than you can count. Love it. Cool. So Startup Nation, we are speaking with Michelle Royal. She was my guest today. She's a rock star. Go check her out at ridge.com. That's R-I-D as in dog, G as in George, dot com, ridge.com. Michelle, any parting words of wisdom for Startup Nation? Uh, the words of wisdom that are coming to me right now would be uh, wherever, whomever crosses your path or wherever your path may take you, please stay awake because all paths are golden and they all lead to the destination that you seek. You know, I just got present to something um, not too long ago that we are all eternal beings mm -hmm. interacting with other eternal beings yes. and that we're all going to be in this like together forever. So we may want to start treating people like they are eternal beings and not just these temporal people that we can use and step on, right? So Michelle, thank you for joining us today. And I wish you peace, love, and your next 100K. Woo! Yeah. Startup Nation, we exceeded our six-month goal. We now have listeners in over 30 countries, thanks to you. It's time to step up our game. I want to reach 60 countries, six zero countries. You're going to help. Go to first100k.com, become a patron of the show, chip in a dollar, chip in $5 a month, become my show partner because I'm rocking. We're taking over the world. That's what we're doing. I am Joseph Warren, and you were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and I will see you right back here next week. God bless. Yeah.